Welcome to a special episode of Livy's Corner. So, <laughs> as I got my review together for Summer of Soul, the documentary that is currently airing on Hulu, do yourself a major solid and watch it. Um, it was long. It was a, it was a big review because there was a lot to cover. And this was the first time that I really was able to get in depth with a review, especially a a documentary review. Because of the social ramifications of the inaction of the footage. Okay? It's it, it's beyond important. So, this is a special episode where I am only covering the Summer of Soul Festival documentary. Um, that's it. Because, like I said, it's, it's, it's a doozy. Um, yeah. So, you know, warning to my listeners that aren't trying to hear, you know, some social, um, some social studies, the real social studies of America. This is not the review for you <laughs> so but you want to hear it let's talk about it all right let's go i have been waiting for this documentary ever since i saw the trailer for summer of soul during the Oscars and also you know there was a lot of rumblings through you know the little film community um, that this was going to be a monumental documentary well it has debuted on Hulu over this past weekend and it did not disappoint before I even get started, this is a five out of five. This is a five out of five. Listen to me very carefully. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> I have never given a rating off top. Never. This documentary is not only relevant, it's not only needed, it's not only necessary, it really puts the media and the mainstream media into focus as to, as the true conspirators um, against black and brown communities. <clears throat> Now, if you don't want to hear about, you know, the, the cultural um, context to what I just said, then you might want to bypass this, um, <laughs> this review because I'm not just someone who just watches movies and, and, and TV shows and listen to music. I'm not that girl. I never have been. Now, what I will talk about is like I just said, the movies, the music, you know, the TV shows and that type of content. 
you know, the feel-good stuff or the not-so-feel-good stuff. And what I don't really get into is what I'm going to get into today. Um, <clears throat> so let's let's do some backstory here on Summer of Soul, okay? So first off, I didn't know this even existed. I had no idea that there was a festival um, for black and brown people created um, by black and brown people, um, not produced, so to speak, because they they had to work with, you know, um, New York City, but this was in Harlem. It was called the Harlem Cultural Festival, and it was free to everybody. Um, they had an attendance of over, well over 300,000 people. And it was a, it was a summer concert series. Um, and this was in 1969 and, um, Questlove, I gotta give him a huge, huge out and huge congratulations on getting this, all of this material, all of the documentation, you know, gathering that, gathering attendees, gathering, you know, performers, and oh my goodness, it's um, it is a masterwork. This is when you dream about documentaries and you want to be a documentary filmmaker, this is what you need to watch. When you hear about documentaries but you'd be like oh god they just drag on and on oh my god they have to be broken up into hour increments because it's just too much you know this is the documentary that flips that type of narrative or belief on its face it's so damn good for me a top tier documentary is all about okay yes I'm going to take notes of course you know that's just because that's my bag that's my bag but I there were so many times where I was clapping I was singing I was dancing I was doing all the things and then I was crying and then I was mad and then I was like yeah you know agreeing and just immersed into that time it is perfect, okay? Um, the, like I said, I, I had no idea this even happened. I had no idea it was filmed. Many people didn't. Um, <laughs> many people didn't. Um, it hadn't been seen until, you know, recently. Um, but yeah, so there was the mastermind behind the festival... Um, was Tony Lawrence. Um, He was fabulous. Okay. (laughs) He was a fabulous um, individual. Um, But just super peaceful, super positive guy, but knew how to get that work. You know what I mean? Um, Definitely need more of him in the world and that type of energy. Let me say that. Um some more history it was held at mount morris park in harlem uh and then 
I thought this was interesting, but not uh, surprising. The police would not provide security. Would not. They refused. And so the Black Panther stepped up and offered that security. Um, the police tried to show up on the days, you know, the camera crews were there, though. <laughs> thought I'd point that out. Um, baby, the fashion, the fashion, the fashion, the fashion. I have to take a moment here. Um, <sighs> the fashion was unprecedented. Okay, I love... 60s and 70s and 80s fashions I think those were the years that really formed what we're seeing now um so good so good so just to see that type of you know in the moment fashions you know we you know I'll talk about Woodstock later but we talk about like festivals like these and you think about Woodstock, I seriously think about that. I, I don't want to really get too deep into it because I felt it was like a lot of people went and had a good time. You know, there was a great expression going on, but then it was, at the same time, there was so much struggle and there was so much like, I mean, people had to fight. Like, it was not a good deal. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it is what it is. With this, I was like, yes. Yes, just seeing the women in their fashions, honey, and all the kinds of fashions and just all types of black and brown folks. You could tell people was business. You can tell people was just like working at, you know, grocery store. You know, you could tell the class was so expansive here of attendees. And it was just a good thing to see. Um... So, the bits that stuck out to me. First, this was a reflection of a Harlem that no longer exists. Okay? Because it has been so gentrified. What we were able to see in this documentary was that Harlem was bona fide. (laughs) Harlem was bona fide. Um, it was the epicenter of black art and black creatives. I mean, the people that came up out of there, get out, get out. You know, we talking Langston Hughes and, and, and the like. So, and many other people, right? Um, what I really loved about this film is that it was these type of reflections that you you saw it, but it nobody brought it up. You know what I mean? Like none of the testimonies brought up how you know Harlem's been victimized. <laughs> First of all, criminalized, victimized, and gentrified. Okay, that's how it works. That's those are the three three methods they use to. Um, 
<laughs> colonize the land, right? Okay. So um, nobody brought that up, which I loved, but I took notice of that. You know what I mean? And then a couple of my friends also was like, hey, did you peep that? And I was like, of course. So it was something that was definitely, we saw it and we immediately got, okay, you know, this, this Harlem no longer exists, which is very, very unfortunate. But I think like that is what really paints the documentary as a rich stroke of humanity um, that just keeps unfolding in the story. Um, It's so bittersweet because, you know, and I'll get into this later in my, in my, you know, um, my conclusion where I'm like, dang, had this been put out, you know, like to the, to the world, how would that have formed these harmful perceptions of black and brown bodies, of communities, families, individuals? It goes on and on and on, but I'll get into that later. The main thing here that, of course, I'm gonna, <laughs> that of course are gonna stand out is the music, the performers. Um, oh my goodness, I was bawling so many times. <laughs> I was crying so many times, and it was different types of cry. It wasn't just like, oh my god, I'm so sad, but it was like happy tears and and jubilant tears and like of course you know the sad tears the angry tears like this (laughs) this covered the gambit of tears for me in like less than two hours um but there were performers up to just everybody from oh oh gosh everybody from bb king the fifth dimension and i will take a moment here to talk about the fifth dimension um they two of the members were actually able to be present and they were actually watching footage of them performing and just seeing their reactions you know was so awesome i have never seen that happen in a documentary where you know, the actual performer was like actually watching the performance. Not that I'm sure it has been done. It might not have been. I don't know. But to see their reactions and to hear their recollection and their testimony, you know, they they were sitting there talking about, hey, you know, <laughs> we were labeled like the black white pop group um, because of their sound. And they were like, we just sang. Like, that's just how we we sung. And, you know, and that's how we heard the music. And this is what we did. But, and how joyful they were to be performing um, in front of such a big black and brown crowd. And how emotional it was for them. Um, and, of course they they did age of aquarius um 
Oh my gosh. And of course, I'm singing, clapping, you know, doing all the things. It was so good to see that. Um, and that was the first time I actually have seen them perform live like that in like a concert setting. So that was good to see. Uh, Papa Staple and the Staple Sisters. <sighs> shut it down. They shut it down. Like, I. Oh my gosh. Just hearing that and. Oh my goodness, they did such an amazing job. I think for me, um, there was also Gladys Knight and the Pips, David Ruffin, um, Sly and the Family Stone. And I still say to this day, pop music would not be pop music if it had not been for this individual. I need people to really put respect on Sly's name um quit using his music and not paying him that is ridiculous so um and the intersectionality of afro-cuban and afro um, puerto rican music um with like the likes of uh ray barreto it was so good i was like wait a minute y'all was on it then the only thing was i don't know but um Lynn Manuel and his daddy was on there. Um, there's so much going on with that with with those two people, and I <laughs> I'm gonna let them have it. But um, we had Sony Shirakos on there. Yeah, but my I think my standout performance would have to go to the iconic Mahalia. Jackson and Mavis Staples as they sung My Precious Lord. Um, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even function. Like, I couldn't do anything but sit and watch it. You know, because that... Both are icons. Both. Um, and to hear Mavis talk about you know, the experience. You know, what, what led up to that. Um oh my goodness and in the backdrop of all of this fantastic music there were cultural events that was going down at the same time um I think the one for me that broke my heart and it was on the backdrop of you know my precious lord was um how how the framing of the death of these great um, civil rights leaders and the big three are uh, Mega Evers, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and to hear Jesse Jackson recount the assassination of Dr. King I didn't know he was there I didn't know he witnessed that I didn't and so to hear that how happy and like all the things positive that King was at that moment 
before his death. And even while he was dying, because he wasn't, he didn't, they didn't kill him um, with the shot. They didn't. So he was still alive and for a little bit. And he was happy. He was like, okay, it's done. Um, My work is done. You know, God received me. And to hear that, I, I had all the emotions and all, (laughs) all of the emotions were playing. And I was just like, oh gosh, you know, that was hard to hear. Um, It was sad to hear, I think. It wasn't hard to hear. It was sad to hear. Um, I think that was definitely one of the best parts of any film I've seen this year. Because it was just so raw. And it was so real. Um, mm, It gives me shakes, you know. It's so good. Um, also, the man landed on the moon um, during that year or during that time, during the festival. And the stark difference between how, you know, white America took that news and how black and brown America took that news was completely different. Um, now, the black and brown community was like, yeah, that's that's awesome, but what about these jobs? And what about the food insecurity and, and, and things like that? Like, they was like, listen, that's not our life. But, all right, that's cool, but y'all spending all this money to do that, and people are, like, starving on the streets, sleeping on the streets, so what you gonna do about that? Like, priorities. Priorities are completely different. And they still are. <laughs> like, oh, but it's not just, I think, and again, I'll get into this later, but I think it's more, it's not just black and brown communities who are affected by these type of decisions. It is, it's everybody is, con, is really affected by these decisions, but not everybody wants to believe that and realize that. Okay. So, um, this was done this Summer of Soul uh, or Harlem um, Cultural Festival was done in the same summer as Woodstock. Um, and Woodstock was about 100 miles away. Um, and like, again, I said, this one was free. I don't believe Woodstock was, but we'll see. Uh-huh. And then they brought up John Lindsay, um, a liberal Republican mayor. I know, liberal Republican? What? Um, they are out there. They are out there. Uh, they quiet, though. They ain't, they ain't loud. Um, he was the mayor of New York City, and he actually did care about the black and brown community, which did not do well for everybody else or him. Um... <laughs> So let me wrap this up. This is the longest review I have done ever. There was so much to talk about here. And it's and it's just not about the film. Um <clears throat> I said this in my in my conclusion notes. I said 
how history shaped this movement. And this movement, that was the only thing I wrote, right, for the conclusion. And of course, I expanded upon it. And now, of course, expand upon it with you. I think when I say this movement, I do mean the civil rights movement. And there's a reason I didn't say Black Lives Matter. There's a reason why. Because the civil rights movement was not just about black folk. And I may piss some people off. Predominantly, of course it was. And there was, of course, of course, many, many, many black bodies that died (laughs) Uh, for this movement and were brutalized and all the horrible things. The thing about civil rights is it is it was a a jump off for a lot of other rights movements. But in this specific um situation, we are talking about black and brown bodies. We're talking about <clears throat> a black, a whole black and brown community. And they made a point to really talk about that in in this in this um documentary you know they were like it was there was puerto ricans there was cubans there was you know the afro latinx people was there and remember how we you know i've talked about in the heights i haven't gone in depth i have studied those since watching that movie and i'm like oh goodness this is bad this is bad and um it's just unconscionable what happened with the production because i'm just like oh my god how 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 did this get made you know what i mean so this is how it was made the mainstream media whether we like it or not shaped the world's view not just the not just America's view the world's view on black and brown communities by them focusing on violence drugs and thugs quote unquote they painted the picture of mongrelism and boy was that profitable from housing Banking, schooling, and the list goes on and on. These communities were locked out of opportunity because of this narrative. And it always makes me wonder how this world, or how our world, would be if this perception had been shifted. I have to wonder if the Summer Soul Festival had been broadcasted as they had hoped, would we be in the damn near unfixable mess we find ourselves in today? One can wonder 
and is the main reason why I began this podcast. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Livy's Corner. Um, again, Summer Soul, I, I don't know how there's going to be a documentary that overtakes it for me. I can't speak for other people because, you know, they always find a way. <laughs> However, comma, I am so glad I watched this. I'm so glad it is available. Um, there was a anthology um, of the history of black music that was released in 2001 and I remember I got it from my mom because she's a huge music fan huge blues R&B classic rock like she loves her music and she is a good predictor of who was going to be a star and who was not okay huge um but I got that for her and that's where I listened to it so many times she was like girl if you just don't like make a copy of that so you have like a copy for yourself because I would listen to it so much and in that is where, you know, I learned that bluegrass, <laughs> bluegrass and like, you know, folk and all that came from this, you know, this melanated energy and, and music. So I'm not going to get all into that, but I think it's relevant. I, I definitely think it's relevant to, um, you know, this documentary for sure. Because what what this documentary was able to do was not just focus on just black music, but the different aspects of it, you know, and, and how, <laughs> you know, melanated um, music has you know, influence so much. Um, but yes, yeah, it, again, stellar, stellar, stellar documentary. So glad I watched it. You guys, you got Hulu or you got the Hulu hookup. First off, thank you people who is your Hulu hookups. Thank you to my Hulu hookup. I appreciate you so much. Go watch this movie. It is so good. So good and worth the time.